Podcast One. Welcome to Media Landscapes, the podcast from Group M Australia. I'm Rosie Baker, Group Communications Director, and I'm in the Podcast One Australia studio with our Head of Trading Intelligence, Lisa Newland, who's part of our Trading, Investment and Strategic Partnerships team, and our CEO, Mark Lolbach. This podcast series is based on Media Landscapes, a collection of essays written by Group M's Global President of Business Intelligence, Brian Weiser, to dig deeper into where ad spend is going in 2020, to look at the unique challenges advertisers face, and explore the current and future status of some of the world's largest media companies. There's a lot of information in there, so what we're doing with this podcast series is pulling out some of the highlights to bring you a bite-sized overview and local analysis of the biggest trends affecting marketers and the media. In this episode, What Does the Data Tell Us?, we're going to talk about media fragmentation and where ad spend is going. We've explored this through Group M's spending shares among media suppliers, and we find it's more fragmented than many observers might think. So Mark, what are some of the key insights in this essay, What Does the Data Tell Us?, Thank you, Rosie. Well, there's a few key things that I want to highlight um, in this first episode about media fragmentation. Uh, the report has analysed client spends across Group M's top or 15 largest markets, which does include Australia, of course. Um, and it looks at where our clients are spending their money in terms of channels and on different media platforms. In Group M's top 15 markets, as defined by billings, Google and Facebook actually represent about 19% of the total. I think a lot of people out there might have thought that that would be a higher share, uh, possibly even up to around 25% or more. Globally, Google is the largest global supplier to our clients, followed by Disney, actually, uh, Comcast, a big US uh, broadcaster, and then Facebook is actually fourth. When we actually look at different media types, it might be interesting to share some of the findings. Um, 43% of the billings in our top 15 markets are TV, So again, still a very strong part of the media mix being over 40%. 37% of our billings are digital, which does include search, social, video, display, etc., excluding legacy TV. 7% is print globally. Uh, 6% out of home, uh, which is lower than Australia, which is interesting. Uh, And about 4% comes from cinema. So Lisa, that was a great overview of the global figures. How does that relate to the local market and what we see here in Australia? Yeah, so Rosie, in uh, in Australia, we see that about 55% of our total billings are going to digital with about 21% to television, print sitting at about 10% and radio and outdoor about 6 or 7 But the interesting thing is that these figures are driven by really new business models and small medium enterprises, and they frequently start as native digital businesses and really only turn to traditional media once they've expired all of their performance driving or what they perceive as performance driving digital um, options. So when we look at billings within an agency market, they reflect the global and brand-driven client base um, with the largest share of billings, you know, about 42% going to television, 29% to digital and 14% to outdoor. I mean, what's interesting is that both locally and globally, video is still the absolute dominant format. Um, And actually within video, it's still full length. And I think we all know that the big screen, full length, with sound, premiumly produced type of advertising is still really, really effective for our clients in building brands and driving um, hardcore results as well. What we've also found in the Global Report is that local broadcasters like 7, 9, 10 here in Australia also remain really important for that point because they're obviously very large suppliers of that large um, full-length video solutions for our clients. 
Digital growth in Australia has been driven by online video with clients broadening to Instagram, Facebook stories, YouTube to build brand, and it now accounts for about 44% of total display. Total video advertising is about $1.5 billion, up from 15%, and it's been driven by the connected TV inventory and revenue. Having said that, though, brand safety, viewability, ad fraud all remain really prime concerns for our clients. If we dig a little bit deeper uh, in digital... Um, globally, in terms of year-on-year growth rates, it's interesting that Amazon, Snap, Twitter, Facebook, and Google lead, but in percentages, they are significantly lower than those shown in their public uh, filings. I think this reflects the long tail, as well as the continued reliance on many large advertisers on the large screen broadcast television channels. So that's a really interesting observation about those other digital players. Are we seeing a similar picture locally? Yeah, locally, we're, of course, seeing growth in Google and Facebook with flatter positions for Snap and Twitter. Amazon only launched their advertising proposition in June this year, and they're limited by the current customers on their platform, and therefore inventory is also limited. Um, Whilst advertising on Amazon is still relatively new in our market, it is expected to have a significant impact on display, video and search. They have long-term horizons and can make decisions which do not require immediate payback. So high-margin ad and higher-margin ad model helps subsidise the features that, you know, customers really care about, like low costs and fast shipping. Um, They have to be careful that this doesn't distract from the customer experience, but Amazon are highly appealing, connected, addressable retail solution for our clients. Amazon is definitely something that we'll come back to talk about a little more in a future episode, but sticking to the kind of media channels um, at the moment, what about the audio space? What's the global picture in audio, Lisa? Uh, Globally in audio, iHeart Media is one and a half times bigger than Spotify, and, but for context, the two together are smaller than just Bell Media in Canada, say, and much smaller than the outdoor network JC Deco. So locally, we're seeing marketers considering their audio and voice strategies in the context of what it will mean with their brand ID, a focus on podcasting and renewed energy to regional radio through Boomtown. The Boomtown initiative is pushing marketers in this direction as well. Australia ranks about seventh highest market penetration for smart speakers in the world, That'll lead to voice search, changing the way consumers search and purchase. And it will connect devices across the home and give a single view of the customer changing the face of retail in Australia. It will deliver marketers a new data set, including location, time of day, behaviour data, which is likely to demand a premium price. Podcasts, just like the one you're listening to, are becoming the go-to medium as a trusted environment. More and more people are choosing to listen to original podcasts where they can be entertained, informed or educated. Podcast One Australia focus on creating premium original podcasts with some of Australia's biggest household names, allowing brands to deliver their message in a trusted environment that makes a difference. 63% of listeners that have heard a brand message within Podcast One Australia podcasts have taken action. So to have your brand message have greater impact or create a new trusted environment for your own communication, Get in touch with the team at Podcast One Australia by emailing sales at podcastone.com.au. So as we look into 2020 and looking at the economy and consumer confidence in Australia, what are we expecting in the big picture, Mark? Yeah, look, it's a really interesting question. Um, I think we're all leaving 2019 a little bit cautious. Um, Certainly consumers are. Consumer confidence at the moment is actually low. As we know, wage growth is low. Consumers are quite cautious about spending. We know that the government stimulus actually didn't work. Um, We know the RBA is at a level where actually they don't know what other lever to pull. 
Um, and I think everybody, all the economists are saying it's really time to lean into state and federal governments and they're going to have to kick off infrastructure projects to actually keep the economy going. A lot of it actually isn't a result of our own economy. It's obviously the war of words and everything going on between the US and China is having a huge detriment. And actually the worldwide economy now is at the slowest it's been since 2006. We're back at growth rates of less than 2%. So I think we're going into 2020 cautious and I think most people are expecting it's going to be another year similar to this year. I don't think anybody's expecting massive growth or massive change in consumer confidence. And Lisa, what impact does that have? It is having an impact on the advertising market, obviously, but it's really just normalising back to 2017 levels. So 2018 experienced really strong growth um, and there is a couple of key events in there that drove that. And so in 2019, we've just seen that these have been taken out of the market, so in a couple of our key categories. And just to add in looking at 2020 in the advertising space, it's obviously an Olympics year coming up and that usually has a big impact on kind of the, the economy and the ad market. Do we have any views on how that will impact the Australian market? If you think about 2019, we also had a federal election. Okay, so if you compare 19 to 20, you take the election out. The Olympics, I think, has just done it, plugged that hole. We had Clyde Palmer spend $50, $60 million of his private money. Both the federal government spent somewhere between 10 and $20 million each, depending on what you read. Um, plug that out and then add in the Olympics, you're probably going to get a neutralization. We obviously have a lot of our clients sponsoring and have taken up good sponsorship packets of the Olympics. But they're not doing it incrementally. They're just investing that money in that budget and they will try to extend that period out. Look, I hope that it, it brings in more and I really hope, I mean, I think our forecast is 2%, maybe 1.9% growth in total media investment in 2020. Yeah, and that's largely driven by digital. A lot of that will be digital. We'll all wait and see for, for 2020. That wraps up this episode of Media Landscapes, the podcast from Group M Australia. And if that whet your appetite, you can find the full essay with much more detail on our website, groupm.com news, or by searching Group M Media Landscapes. In episode two, The Great Disruption, we'll be talking about the digital giants, Google and Facebook, and the impact they have on the global and local market. This podcast was recorded and produced by Podcast One Australia, presented by me, Rosie Baker, Mark Lollback and Lisa Newland. If you have any questions on what we've discussed in this podcast or if you've missed any episodes, you can email me on rosie.baker at groupm.com.